Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition, a Sean Connery Christmas edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 130. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And you heard that right, Sean Connery Christmas, where we pick one Sean Connery movie and one Christmas movie. And Zach, what's your pick that we're going to be talking about tonight? Or two picks? Uh, the Christmas movie was Black Christmas, the original 1974 version. You really, you really, it, are there three of them, right? There's like three movies with that name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I picked The Hill from 1965. Nice. And yeah, we'll be talking about those movies, but but the staple of the show, before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I'm going to go with Zach first. Ah, Well, uh, I have been playing, uh, I'm still playing the original Tomb Raider, and I'm playing SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. (laughs) Nice. I've just been playing season mode since we we start, me and my brother started playing it in Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um... What else have I been doing? Uh, I've been also reading. Uh, I've read a couple comics actually. I just haven't talked about them. I, I read Transmetropolitan by um, Warren Ellis. Is it good? That's like the last super great comic that I just haven't got into. Um, the first volume is pretty good. Like, I kind of sort of see what the hubbub's about. It's very late nineties. Uh, it's like super like I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. It's like the main character is sort of like a take on um um oh shoot the friggin' Gonzo guy, the the um the Thompson. journalist. Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. Thompson, yeah. I don't know why I knew his name. I just couldn't couldn't bring it to surface. But um it's kind of like a weird cyberpunky take on like what if Hunter S. Thompson lived in this weird dystopian version of the future and mm. he was a humongous asshole <laughs> that, that's how it was sold to me before and i remember being like oh i'll definitely read it then but i don't time passed i i, I love cyberpunk settings it's pretty and good I, and it's, also it's... i've like read some some of hunter s thompson's books so you know that, that kind of stuff appeals to yeah i haven't done that yet but like uh i know about him and um it's pretty good it's pretty satirical too of like just stuff that was going on around that time. I feel like sure. Um, I'll probably pick up a second volume just to see how it goes because so far I do like it. Um, how many volumes is it? Oh, there's a lot. It, it went a lot longer than I thought. I think there's like nine or 10 volumes. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say eight or something. Yeah. Um, I'm reading a uh, Avengers book. Uh, I think it's, it's called endless war. It's also written by Warren Ellis. I didn't. I didn't even know. <laughs> like, I just picked it up and I was like, "Oh, what, what, what book am I doing next? Oh, I'll do this one." I kind of go in a weird quasi alphabetical order when I go through my shelves. <laughs> um, and I was like, "What? The f- oh, okay." <laughs> but um, I'm like halfway through it, and so far, I think this was like when they were trying to push digital comics really hard. Mm. And this was like a, a digital graphic novel that got put into print after a while because the art's not as good as you would think it would be. Like it's passable, but not, you know, what you think of when you just think of Marvel or something. Sure. Yeah. But okay. Story so far. Uh, not much to say. There's just, there's weird Nazi space alien Nidhog things that Thor and Captain America want to kill. 
All right. That's <laughs> all I got so far. Okay. Uh, Andy, what about you? Um, my girlfriend and I watched the live action Mulan. It's free now on Disney. Well, free. If you if you're Disney Plus a subscriber, it's now free. It's not thirty dollars. Oh, it was <laughs> it was pretty good. It was all right. Um the action choreography was really good. The costume design was like stellar. Like everything's bright and colorful. Story-wise, it's like, eh, it's Mulan. I've already I've seen it. They they changed some stuff and it was an okay movie. It didn't exactly blow me away. Like I think I still like the animated one better, I guess, but I haven't seen it in a few years, so I don't know. Is it $30 good? No. No, no, no. Okay. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have seen the original Mulan somewhat recently. I was surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah, it's a, mm. it's a really good one. And, and like the songs in it are actually really catchy and memorable. And at the points in the live action one where you know the songs would happen, like let's get down to business uh, and stuff like that, like you almost, you're like, you miss it because you're like, oh, I, I like that song. God damn it. It's not in this movie. Uh. But it's, uh, so, uh, like, originally I was like, good, they took all the songs out, they're just going to make a serious action movie, and then I found myself in the movie being like, I kind of wish, kind of <laughs> wish they were going to get down to business to defeat the Huns. It's not even the Huns, it's uh, it's nomads from the, the desert in northeastern China, but hey, that doesn't matter. Um, I, I watched all of The Mandalorian, just like everyone else on the fucking internet. Uh, my opinion is much the same. It was good, I liked it. Um, and I finished Twin Peaks. I did not see, I want to rewatch Firewalk with me and I want to see season three. However, I asked for both of them for Christmas. So I got to be a good boy and not buy them for myself until after Christmas, unless I get them for Christmas, in which case I'll just watch them then. But, uh, the, like, I can't, I can't imagine having watched that show in the early nineties and getting to the end of season two and they're not big anymore. Like you'd go crazy. It's that would be so unfair. I'm so glad I live in a time when there's a season three. <laughs> Cause that's, that's, Oh my God. But yeah, the show was really good. Uh, it's not, I, I came to a realization cause there's a lot of stuff about it. I don't like, there's a lot of characters that I just hate, but I realized if it was perfect, it wouldn't be the same thing. If that makes sense, it's like some of the, the shitty parts of it make it what it is. Like the parts make a hole, and that hole is what I like the best. It's not it's not like, oh, I wish you could just strip out the stuff with, with Coop and Sheriff Truman and all that. Just that, and that would be really good. I don't think it would be as good if you didn't have all the dumb um, freaking Andy and Dick vying for Lucy's affections and <laughs> high school kids all doing dumb romance bullshit and norma's having trouble with hank and and fucking big ed's wife thinks she's in high school and like some of that stuff i hate but if it wasn't in there it wouldn't be twin peaks enough i, I know that doesn't make sense but I, I don't know like i think i think all the parts make an incredibly good whole so mike I, I don't know i was wrong i was wrong to not watch the show for as long as i did my favorite mike. crazy thing is when the guy who owns the hotel does a civil war reenactment mr horn became like one of my favorite characters like after he gets defeated by Catherine and he like loses his mind and like he has to like re he has to like alternate history the south winning the civil war and and, and dr jacoby's there and he's like no this is good he needs to do this he's got to win the civil war so he can get his brain back he ended up being like one of my favorite characters and then he like wants to do good but he's like fighting 
the urge and they don't address it but there's like little things like he stops smoking cigars and starts eating carrots and there's not a scene where he's like i'm giving up cigars i'm gonna only eat vegetables now like it just starts happening and it rewards you for noticing that like it's another part of his persona trying to turn good like i ended up really liking him and and audrey is one of my favorite characters throughout the show too yeah so it's just like the horns was always that was some of the stuff I actually did always really like. And of course, everyone likes uh, Coop and, and Truman and that's, stuff. But. That's funny, though, because some people really don't like some of the things in like season two. Like, I get it. Sort of. I, I hated that the whole Nadine going to high school thing. That's dumb. It's stupid. I, time. Some parts of Nadine entertain me. Then there's other parts that I'm just like, oh, yeah, when she started going to high school and dating that guy from high school. I'm like, what? Mike, yeah. I, I hate the whole um, uh, um, James leaves town and then like gets wrapped up in like a murder mystery with some yeah. woman. I it was like, why weird. are we doing this? And it, then like Donna just turns up and like kind of saves him, but doesn't. And then none of it matters at all. It's it feels just so like out of place. Season two, like, fuck, we forgot James. What's James doing this whole season? I <laughs> think that. I think that's the fight between like David Lynch and the network. Uh, so my no, question David Lynch wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just gone. Yeah. Cause he's like, fuck this shit. Um, yeah. My question to you, Andy, because a lot of people in the nineties were just like, who killed Laura Palmer? Did you want closure in that show or did it not matter I, to you? I found it jarring when it came. Cause it like, you find out who did it like episode nine or something of season two yeah. and i was like what well, fucking now what <laughs> like there were still a bunch of open plots like what's gonna happen because the mill burned down and ghostwood and like I, I think uh i think mr horn was in prison at the time and there's a bunch of other plots going on but i didn't care about them as much as i did like you know fucking like bob escaped and 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 leland's dead and, and i was like oh, now what are they gonna do but it did end up being really good um I like the character of uh, Wyndham Earl, but I, he wasn't as intimidating as I thought he should have been. And I don't know if it was the actor is uh, this is unfair, but the actor is like diminutive. Does that make sense? Like, he's yeah, a short guy. he's kind of short and like he's just like he's really smart. And I realize that when that's what makes him dangerous, but it makes him a little less intimidating sometimes. He looks uh, crazy. Yeah, he does look crazy. No, I mean, it's fine. like I said, I do like that character. It's just I, I felt like there should have been more. And and at the yeah. end, when they when they go to the lodge and like Bob's there and stuff, I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. This, you see, Bob is scary. Yeah, Bob is scary. <laughs> I my favorite part uh, was <laughs> David Lynch when he plays the head director guy. Oh, and, I love that. And yeah. he he gets a kiss from the girl, and he all of a sudden he could hear perfectly. He can hear, her. yeah, he can yeah. hear Shelley. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I can hear you. I I love that stuff. It's super great. I I love him. I love when uh, David Coveney turns up. I love, um, (laughs) what was his name? The agent who's like a complete fucking asshole, but then he turns out to be like Albert. Yeah, Albert. Albert's like one of my favorite, top three favorite characters. Yeah, he's like a dick most of the time, but then in reality, he's like a very, he's a very caring person. Yeah. He just, he has to be a dick to protect himself. One of my favorite parts is when he when he returns for like the final time, like he and he and Harry share like a big hug, and then he's just like back to being a dick. But it's just weird because they like like bro hug each other, and yeah, I don't know. But I I really liked the series. Uh, you know, 
if if you're on the fence about watching it, watch it. But you know, maybe watch it by yourself. I, I think you get more out of it if you sit there and watch it by yourself. Don't get distracted. Well, if you thought season two's ending was fucking nutso, wait until you see season three. I'm yeah, just that saying. pisses me off. Like I, I, well, no, it doesn't actually. I have we could we could continue down this road for a long time, but I have a few theories about why Twin Peaks is great. But I'm gonna hold on to them until I watch season three. We should just have a Twin Peaks episode plus, maybe. Well, maybe I, it's a little past its its prime as far as popularity goes, but uh, that won't stop me. Mm-hmm. Other than that, anything else? Uh, I think that's it. I think most of my time was taken up by finishing Twin Peaks and, like I said, finishing Mandalorian. But that's been it. I didn't really play many games. I actually like bought two games, but I didn't play them because I'm a I'm a loser pseudo collector like that mm. well i played a bunch of games i played fortnite because they have a new season with mandalorian and they kratos is on so what i have been the mandalorian fought kratos <laughs> <laughs> that's what that sounds like to me i don't know it's just i i said this to my friends on the stream i said what's great about fortnite is that it's consistent with the other battle royale games. Um, you could shoot. Uh, it, it's something new, like every season. Uh, the other ones, they just change it like a tiny bit because they're not afraid to uh, take risk, or or they don't. They're not afraid to use their Chinese money, I guess, to like get you know football or fucking Marvel or uh, Kratos. I, I think. Something I think Halo's next or something like that. They're gonna have Master Chief in Fortnite. Like you don't have to. Like it kind of sounds like oh the thing about Fortnite is blah blah. It sounds like you're trying to like defend Fortnite. Like there's no reason to defend Fortnite anymore. Like Fortnite just like owns culture now. Yeah, (laughs) it made it. You know whatever. It's a shooting game. If you enjoy it, play it. That's all that matters. Did Fortnite ever actually make it out of early access phase? I don't know. I mean, I'm, <laughs> that's what I wanted. Know. Season nine or something. It better. Yeah. It, Some it, games stay early access a lot longer. What you think? I, I, think I know. I know that Counter Strike was technically like a mod beta for like six or seven years or something. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't. I, I've been watching Star Trek: Next Generation because I want to get into Deep Space Nine and Voyager soon. So hell yeah. And that's my goal to get through to Star Treks. Uh, but that's about it. So let's. What do you want to start with, Zach? Do you want to start with the hill, or do you want to start with Black Christmas? Uh, we'll start with Christmas first. Black. All right. Christmas. Right. Right off of the bat, off of the start. There's something I wanted to say about Black Christmas. This movie is extremely good, and I loved it, and I'm glad we watch it. But it is not a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Just because it takes place at Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. So Die Hard's not a Christmas movie either. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. No, that's not then yet. No. I'll explain myself. I'll explain myself. Now, at the end of Die Hard, there's like, a, he's going to get back together with his, his wife because they've been like estranged for a while. And that's why he came here is to try to like patch things up. He's living across the country. And at the end of Die Hard, there's a nice message and he saves the day and he's with his wife and he's happy. There's a family thing. That's a Christmas movie. Christmas movies have something at the end. It's always like, uh, family is what matters. Uh, giving is better than getting. That kind of warm, mushy bullshit. That's Christmas movie. Black Christmas does not have that. It's just a slasher, an incredibly good slasher movie. 
but it's still just a slasher movie that takes place at Christmas. Well, wait, Why can't it just subvert your expectations of a Christmas movie? Why won't you just let it pour no, the wine there has onto to be the a table? Thing at the end. I let it pour so the wine onto the table. I felt so bad for that that guy who's just looking for his daughter the whole movie. I did I too. felt so bad for him. Yeah. Uh. Okay. I, since we're talking about Christmas movie, right? The topic of this being a Christmas movie. The ending. She she just fainted, right? What happened to her? I mean, look. She was just tuckered out from the entire ordeal like she exhausted yeah she was she's like she the doctor's like oh she just needs rest or whatever you jump straight to the ending though. <laughs> no because like, andy was talking about like family being together and and i'm like well does she keep the baby now or does she like <laughs> or not that that would have been something is if like she'd reconciled like i'll keep this child or something i don't know why like they they didn't really build to that yeah. So it would have been jarring, but if they had taken that turn, I don't know. I might have liked the movie less if they had taken that turn. Like my point, I'm not trying to to like subtract from the movie. Like I said, I think the movie was really good. Like I don't, I keep saying I don't like horror movies, but this year I've seen like fucking ten that I really like. So I don't know, maybe I like horror movies, and I just need to quit saying that. But you gotta find the right ones. Yeah, I gotta find the right ones, and this is this is the right one. I really liked this movie. It's just, you know, it didn't have a Christmassy ending. It wasn't Christmassy enough for me. It didn't make me feel warm in my heart. This will make you feel warm in your heart. Bob Clark directed A Christmas Story, the most ubiquitous Christmas movie ever in America. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's what I love. I cannot not bring that up when I bring this movie up. It's like he went two different yeah. sides of the spectrum, really. We might as well get that get out, get that out of the way, too. It was directed by Bob Clark, famous for A Christmas Story. Um I don't know, what else did he direct? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm it's just those, those big ones. Porky's. He did Porky's. Right, Porky's. That's it. That's the other like huge one. Yeah. And Baby Genius. This is who whoever cares about that. <laughs> um, somewhat famously, I think. I hope I'm not getting this wrong. But someone famously, he wanted to make Porky's, and he had like a screenplay and stuff. And he took it to the studio, and they're like, "We're not going to make this fucking boater comedy. Get the fuck out of here." So he said that he would make a Christmas story and make them a bunch of money off this schmaltzy bullshit if they would then let him make Porky's, which is what happened. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the same thing happened with Spielberg. He wanted to make Schindler's List, and they were like, "You want to make a three-hour?" black and white bummer of a movie get the fuck out of here and he was like look we got this uh uh what's the guy's name wrote jurassic park we got this uh starts with a c michael crichton yeah we got this michael crichton book it's pretty popular what if i make you a movie with some dinosaurs in it it'll probably be pretty popular i'll do that first then you're gonna let me make my Chandler's list jew movie and they were like all right and then of course he made both of them and they were both like a huge success but there's been a lot of instances of like a director wants to make a but the studio won't let them make a until they make b so they make b and then a comes out oh, john saxon was in this movie uh if anybody does, doesn't know john saxon was in a nightmare on elm street um which is big and the, i don't margo kit kit kidder is that yeah, that's right uh she was lois in fucking lois. superman it's really distracting to me like every time she's in the movie i'm like oh it's just lois <laughs> it's really distracting just because of how sad like, I, I read about her, and apparently she had a pretty rough life. Really? Yeah, she had, like, schizophrenia or something, and it really, it, it, that's what derailed her career. That sucks. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> anyway, I don't mean to be too much of a bummer. Her character's name was Barb in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought they were saying Bob. You got Bob on the I brain. thought that pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> I was like, why are they calling her Bob? Like, I, I, I've met women named like Billy and stuff, Bobby. So I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe her name is Bobby and they're just calling her Bob for sure. It was just because it was in Canada, eh? Bob. <laughs> so, but, um, no, you go, Zach. You go. Okay, Zach. I'll go. I'll go. Basically, the way this movie starts is it's it shows like a sorority house. And there's a bunch of a bunch of the sisters are in there like having a Christmas party, and their boyfriends are there, and they're all drinking, and you know doing doing what you do at that age. And <laughs> then a guy, uh, it, the fir- first person view of the camera is sneaks into their house through the attic. He climbs up the side of the house and gets in the attic, and then the movie goes from there. So that's where, I mean, I guess chalk it up to this. Is it because he's crazy is the reason why he starts killing? Oh, because the motive is, um, because to the tipping point of the killer is, you know, she wants an abortion and he doesn't want that. No, wait. Yeah. No, right? I think you missed something, Dubs. So you missed yeah. something pretty important, I think. Because like the whole, at the end of the movie, the big... The big reveal is like you know he comes into the basement and you're like oh fuck he's gonna get her and she kills him and you know that kind of messes her up a little bit and she's exhausted and then the end of the movie reveals that the killer's still alive it oh. wasn't him yeah it wasn't him at all like it, the movie makes you think it's him and then she kills him you're like oh phew. i and love that now and then at the end they're like no she killed this guy for no reason there's still a killer in the attic because they, oh. they didn't find the two bodies in the attic, and he was still up there, which is shitty police work. But whatever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Changes the whole movie for you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, this guy's a fuck. Like, th- that's the thing that confused me. I'm like, this guy who's, like, breathing heavy and shit um, goes into the, the, the attic and stuff. And I'm like, all right, why? And then I see the other guy who, um, he was in a space odyssey, right? He was... Uh, Hell, what? The the, Is he the voice or something? No, Wait, no, no. which guy? Uh, Jess's uh, fuck. What's his name? The boyfriend, the guy who is wanting to keep the baby. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, that person. Is that him? Hold on, where is it? Why is he not in the like the oh, top? He's Dave. Yeah. Oh, you're right. What the fuck? I didn't catch that at all. I didn't either. Huh. <laughs> so like well, I. That's stupid. Some sci-fi fan, I am. Yeah, so that the, the motive thing was throwing me off, but I guess near the end, I didn't catch the officer say say that shit, and that kind of pisses me off because I'm like, <laughs> it's the 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 da- uh the father of the daughter just faints and shit. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, but throughout the whole movie, this maniac is hiding in their house and. Often, often girls and putting them in the attic with him, and he's making phone calls from inside the house. I love that. It's coming from in the house. They don't see the guy at the telephone company trying to track the call. Yeah, and that was wild. Like I didn't realize that's what phone companies looked like in the seventies. That was really I know. I, I was like, I kind of want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want to be talked down to in this scene. I, I want some exposition. 
I, I was talking to a friend of mine today and I was like upset, but also not too upset because the movie was still really good. But it's one of those situations where you, if you're paying attention, you figure out the twist really early. At least I did because they come downstairs and because they're investigating where the calls are coming from. And the, the officer says, oh, there's another line in the woman in what her face, what's her face's room. No outgoing calls or no incoming calls have been received on it. And I was like, calls are coming from inside the house. The guy in the attic's using the phone in her room to call. That's how he heard the conversation. But, you know, I'm living in, you know, the year 2020 i'm well aware of the calls are coming from inside the house like you know it's it's parodied and it's a trope now but in 1974 it was like brand new like people who saw this movie in theaters back then were like what the fuck so it doesn't take away from the movie too much but i kind of wish i was just stupid enough to not catch that line so i could have been surprised too but yeah and those, those walls are thick though because that motherfucker was screaming she was and all the way th- in the attic uh, he has people. to come down to her room to make the calls, right? That's where the phone's at. Yeah, well, there's I, some there's some people upstairs. Wouldn't one of them come out and be like, "Who the fuck is screaming and saying fuck you, cunt?" And then yeah, I've been in some old houses. You hear everything in there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe her room was soundproofed. She had to keep she had, she had to let it had to be soundproof so nobody could know she was sneaking liquor in her own house. Oh, that Maybe. comedy! That comedy <laughs> was fucking funny as shit. Oh, I, yeah. The only part where I was like, oh, when she got it from the toilet, like the yeah, but it was the back, it's fine, it's fine. yeah, yeah, that, that part's got clean water in it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's she's a textbook alcoholic, hiding, <laughs> hiding alcohol. That's like, oh, yeah, you're you need to go to AA right now. <laughs> I think you've got problems. Um, but yeah, throughout the whole movie, that happens, and uh, I kind of thought, um. Margot Kidder's character would would make it through, but she kind of had like the best the best kill moment, I guess. Though I would argue, yeah, no, I I agree with that. But uh, yeah, they kind of like almost set her up to be the main character, sort of, and then it shifts to to pregnant woman. Yeah, the the girl who's having the baby with her boyfriend, who's fucking going crazy over this whole ordeal. I really like the scene where he smashes up that grand piano, though. That's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So, question. Um, the part where uh, you, you're removing a wart, was that him or the killer just saying it at a coincidence? Well, the killer heard the conversation because he's upstairs. Oh, okay. He was probably like in the hallway or something, and they were down there like shouting about, oh, I want to get rid of it. And he's like, you can't get rid of it. Uh, I'll quit school and then we'll raise a family. And she's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but I, I, it's, I assume that he overhears that conversation and he repeats it to her. Cause he's a, he's a psychopath. He's schizophrenic. He's a murderer. You know, mm-hmm. well, you never find out. That's the thing. That's part of what makes this movie. So, you know, terrifyingly effective is you never see the killer. You don't know who the killer is. You don't know his motivation. He's just a scary dude who stalked a bunch of, of, sorority members and then killed them yeah you just get glimpses of him or you get his his view yeah. from the camera you get like his eye through like the door the crack in the door right. stuff like that my question did they have head cameras back then in the 70s because when he's climbing up the the house 
No, I think the camera was probably pretty large. That you you notice when he comes down out of the attic, they only show his left hand on the rungs. And I'm oh, sure okay. it's because someone's like holding this big ass motherfucking camera or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like uh, the trellis with a giant camera on. <laughs> yeah. The fucking Sergeant Nash, the the fucking asshole. <laughs> the guy at the front desk. Yeah. The prototypical yeah. do nothing cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that part when they all just like just trash him. I, I, I forgot the exact uh Lacio. verbiage of that scene. Oh yeah, Felatio. Yeah, he took down the number. And he's like, that's Felatio. And he just like what? <laughs> he just start laughing at him like really, dude? <laughs> that actually got me pretty good. Yeah. Uh I like I like Chris, uh, we call it, um, who was the chick that died in the beginning? What was her name? Hold on a second. I'm bringing up the, was it Andre? I don't remember any names from this movie. Yeah, she was like, anyway, the boyfriend or the, they weren't together, but they were doing stuff. The hockey dude, the hockey goalie, which I kind of marked out for like the 70s hockey because of the mask and shit. That's the second movie where we saw hockey, but it was like not dumb like James Bond, uh, where they were fighting. What are you talking about? That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris wears this fucking outrageous jacket. Did you see that jacket? The like I don't fur, remember it. I don't recall fur, it. Sorry. The, the fur jacket and shit. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I, I watched this in October. Uh, but, like my memory's still pretty good about it, but there's like just a couple things. Maybe I, mm-hmm. that was one of them, the jacket till you just brought it up. Yeah. The Barb to me, I didn't like her character. I mean, she played it really well for being a bitch uh, because the, the backstory, I guess her mom was like a whore or something. Instead of being with her for Christmas, she's going to spend it with a guy and fuck him or something. And she's alcoholic too. Yeah. So <laughs> I I didn't really care for her. But overall, like I, I enjoyed it. I was having fun with it. I liked it mo- mo- more than I thought I would. Um it ended up probably becoming one of my favorite horror movies, actually. There's yeah, no I, was, se- I was actually shopping around for a Blu-ray of it because I could see myself watching it again. There's no sequel, right? There's just remakes and they're all remakes. stupid. Mm. Have you seen the remakes, or you just know they reviewed like garbage? I I've never seen them. I I know more about the most recent one than I do the one before that, uh, where they they pretty much do a oh we subvert the expectations and all the girls kill a killer thing. Uh, I'm like that's okay. (laughs) That could be good, but just make your own movie, right? Right. I, I, uh, someone at work, I, I mentioned this movie because I was discussing it with a coworker who's also seen it, but someone else had seen the remake and they said, don't bother. They said it was bad. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say unless you guys want to bring anything up, but I, I, I recommend it. Oh, yeah. Big recommend. Yeah. I think this, uh, is on Shout Factory if you want a physical copy. It is. I like their releases a lot. They have a bunch of really good stuff from uh, John Carpenter, too. Yeah, because I was looking to get a copy, too, after I watched this. I'm like, oh, they got it. Well, I'll get it. <laughs> mm. All right, let's talk about the Sean Connery movie, The Hill. Um, left, yeah. right, left, right, left, right, left wheel. 
Oh my god. Uh so Andy, you brought up the director uh, yesterday on Facebook. Sydney Lumet? Lumet? Lumet. I think it's Lumet. I hope. Is he, is he British? Is he French? I don't know. I'm going to work. I don't know enough about him. I, I just know he directed 12 Angry Men, which is like No, he was really born. close to being a perfect movie. Like if if you could get a team of people together, you could get twelve people in a room, and ask them to improve upon Twelve Angry Men in the movie, and they'd be like, "I don't fucking, I don't, it's perfect." So I like, there's that, and then he's also done uh, Serpico's pretty good, uh, Dog Day Afternoon. I really like uh, the original Murder on the Orient Express. He he does mostly um, adaptations, but he he's he's famous. He's he's a big actor. He's, he's so also, famous, I can't even pronounce his last name. He's also American. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, he's got the last name Lumet. What do you want from me? I know, yeah. Um, so you know, seeing Twelve Angry Men, uh, the movie, uh just seeing like taking a movie, putting twelve guys in a room and just having conversations about uh, you know, a court case. Like a, a lot of people love exposition and want to see what's happening with the court case and like uh lawyers and shit, and just they just audience are pretty dumb, in my opinion. Um, what I love about the hill, it doesn't even really talk about war. It's just that they're in this fucking uh military prison, and it's still very much an anti-war movie though. But this war movie doesn't have, to my knowledge, I was I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was excited to mm-hmm. mention. I don't think there's a single firearm in this movie. No, no, not once is there a gun in this war movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> uh. So, so yeah, like it's mostly dialogue. I mean, they express their feelings, uh, especially what happens in that fucking movie. Um, but I, 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 I like what the director does because you don't need to have action at all. I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of action going on. It's just not what you typically think of as action. Yeah. yeah well, there's. Not your, your your explosions, your shooties, and your like a James Bond type of action is what I'm yeah. talking about. Andy was saying like this movie is exhausting, and he didn't really elaborate on that. And then like when I watched it, I was like, oh, I get what he's saying now. <laughs> it's so oh my god, like watching it made me tired. There's one scene, and th- this is something like like you see it, and the way luckily the way it's shot and the way it's acted, it conveys to you how exhausting this is because he takes um. Steven's out and has him put on a gas mask and run the hill. By the way, oh my God. movie the hill is this <laughs> big pile of sand and they make him run up and run it back down it. And it's like fucking 114 degrees and running in sand sucks, let alone running uphill and running downhill sucks too. A lot of people forget that. So mm. obviously it just, it just kicks your ass. It's awful. I, at one point, one of them at night, one of the, the staff, they come out and do it. He does it like one and a half times and gets winded, like to show you, like, this is how much this really sucks. But he has Stevens put on a gas mask and do it. And the way they convey it, it's like, oh, this sucks extra because he's wearing a gas mask. But I remembered from 100 years ago, feels like another lifetime now, but I was in basic training at some point. And that was that was a punishment that they would do sometimes. They'd put on a gas mask and you you do, you get smoked that way, getting smoked is getting punished. You get ex- exercise, push ups, and run around or whatever. Wearing a gas mask and doing that stuff is so much harder because it's harder to breathe because it, it uh, constricts your breathing because you're pulling it in through a filter. So when he, after that scene, I had to pause the movie and then I went and stress ate a bunch of cookies in my kitchen because I was completely <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> like it's really effective that way because I mean, running up and down the hill already looks exhausting, and they're like passing out, and of course they're getting the water thrown on them and stuff. And when he cuts it, man, when they cut that, when he's running up the hill, it's just fast cutting, faster, faster, faster. I'm like, God damn it, I'm getting the, the direction out. and the editing in this movie is so perfect because yeah. it's all shot in just this this uh, courtyard, the cell, and like a couple offices. And they do so much with so little in this movie. And it's it also, it's, it's at first I was like, oh, really? It's black and white? Because color films were very much a thing. Um, uh, for reference, this movie came out in between Goldfinger and Thunderball, mm-hmm. which are, of course, both color movies. So I, I don't, they, they do, I, I think it's better black and white a little bit because I'm like a hoity-toity film snob guy. But they do so much with so little in this movie, direction-wise. It's acted really well too. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've, I've I, said a lot. I was letting you guys cut in. <laughs> well, Zach, what do you think about the film? What, what's things that you want to bring up? Well, um, a lot of what Andy said, I was I would have brought up already, but uh, like, um, I was uh, like like I was saying before, I, I picked this out just because I read a few plots of some of these movies. And this was one of the ones I kind of earmarked to pick real early. Mm. I was originally going to pick in the name of the rose, but I couldn't find it on anything. That was on my short list as well. And I was like, okay, I'll go with the hill now. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. I like how tight and focused it is. And there's just stuff happening all the time. There's never any kind of moment where and it's, it's two hours. You, movies usually weren't two hours back then, unless it was supposed to be some epic bombastic movie. I was surprised it was that long. It didn't feel that long. No. But I was really surprised when I like started the movie. I was like, really? It's two hours? This black and white war drama from 1965? That was surprised me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, Connery's good in it. It's it's cool because it's, it's kind of different from what you've usually seen him in at this point. He's not... Which is why he chose the role, in fact. But after, after I got done watching it... I stayed up for like another hour kind of like pseudo researching the movie. I read some articles on TCM and the Wikipedia and stuff. And uh, Connery was really worried, rightfully so, as history has shown, that people were going to think of him only as James Bond and he was going to be cast only as James Bond. So he wanted to find a movie on purpose that was as far away from that as possible. And I think he could have got further away, honestly. But I guess he saw um, The Hill, the script to it, and said, well, this is it. I'll, I'll do this. And after he got attached, a bunch of movie or a bunch of money came to it and that helped them make it. Hmm. That's why he chose it. Is he said, Oh, this is, this is totally not James Bond. I'll be, I'll be this, uh, this, this, what he says, he's a, he's a Sergeant major, right? Like that's, that's one of the big deals is like, he was, he was a high ranking NCO yeah. before he got busted down here. And now people who are basically his same rank are fucking yelling at him or under his rank are yelling yeah mm. <laughs> um but yeah i like that i like all the interaction with the other uh cellmates he's he's kind of stuck with um i i especially liked uh king he was he was great yes definitely i it it almost like it's it's almost a little too much toward the end with him but it's fine i it was still really good i mean the way I, the way i took it was he just didn't give a fuck anymore yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely didn't. Yeah, mm. I'm not with the military. 
he rips his clothes off and has a fit, and then they take him to see uh, the commandant. I love that scene where he just goes in there in his underwear, and yeah. he just reaches and takes his cigarettes. He's like, I, I have to say, I do not like this hotel. <laughs> he fucking lays on his couch and smokes a cigarette, and he's just looking at him like... <laughs> that scene where he breaks down and says he quits the army is the other hardest-to-watch scene in this movie, but for completely different reasons. And I, it's interesting because up to that point, and even beyond it, if you could remove yourself, if you could remove that scene, I kind of get where the um, the the sergeant major, the main guy, is coming from because it's this asshole Williams who's causing all the problems, and he says, "Look, I stand by my staff. Um, if if you know whatever you're doing, I, I'll trust you on." And stuff like that and like i, I kind of get that like he's he's in charge of all of this so he's he's gotta be a little hands-off and a little hands-on where it's it's applicable and you could almost be like you know he's innocent and all this but as soon as he's like incredibly extremely racist to king it's like oh no fuck this guy too i guess just like because up until then he's like kind of a dick but it's just like a dick doing his job he's not he didn't like kill a guy or anything yeah, but after yeah. that, like he's 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 irredeemable. Like it's it's out the window now. I, I I think they did that character well because just like how you were saying, I was like, yeah, he's being a dick because he has to run his prison, right? He's kind of like a warden in a way. He, he's yeah. in the commandant is the warden, but he's like in charge of all the the staff uh, guards and stuff. He's That's in charge of banging prostitutes, is what he's doing. Yeah, the yeah. commandant's just like a loser <laughs> figurehead. He's barely in the movie. Yeah, so like when when he's especially when they first come to the prison because they he kind of like jokes around a little bit, but then he gets serious again. I'm like, is he supposed to be evil? Is he supposed to be just you know strict? And then like near the end when he, yeah, like throughout the whole movie they kind of like hint racism a little bit too because they're like, oh, you're a black man, and they they don't drop the end bomb yet. But then, like, literally, when he takes off all his clothes and he's, like, saying, I'm not part of the army anymore, he just starts dropping it. And I'm like, I guess he's an yeah. asshole. I guess, like... Yeah. Just just before that, like, he really cuts loose. And it's like, holy shit! Oh, my God! Okay, well... I think in that... Just before that scene, it's, it's really in one whole scene all that stuff happens in. It's, like, after they take uh, Connery out and, you know, he he had the fight with the other guys in the solitary room, and his legs fucked up. Yeah, they broke his ankle or something. Yeah, they make uh, Sergeant Major makes him stand and stuff, and he's like berating him. And then they get in that big argument out in the courtyard, yeah, where everyone can hear them. And he's but like, I, Quit. "Oh, go ahead." One of, one of my favorite parts is he like tells him to get on his feet, and you're like, "Oh, he's being a dick," but he tells him to get on his feet and takes him out in the courtyard, and and Roberts Connery. Rightly so is like, oh, you're doing this because in the book of rules, the British Army follows, it says, you know, a sergeant major can't dress down another sergeant major in the presence of lower ranking soldiers. That's why he did that, because he said, come out here. I'm going to fucking chew you out, you know, man to man. And he's not supposed to do that in the presence of lower ranking soldiers. And he's like, oh, you just follow the book, don't you? Just whatever the book says. The book's outdated. Oh, the, the queen's dead. Blah, blah, blah. blah. I, yeah. I really liked that too. Like that, that further frames that character. Like there's a ton of character developments to the, the Sergeant major, the bad, the, the, the bad guy besides Williams. And honestly, he's one of the best developed characters in the whole thing. Yeah. I was getting ready to say in that whole scene, it kind of 
pretty much establishes who he is like within like that five seven minutes whatever that is yeah because he's like oh the queen's dead blah 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 and then he says i never in my 25 years have i ever seen this and i'm thinking in my mind this has to take place at least probably by 1942 so this guy has been doing this since world war one so mm-hmm. he's really kind of a relic, like a holdover from like a really long time ago. Cause he also yells about you give our, our empire to, to them. And he's talking about like King, you know? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I see now he's cause he's Connery Roberts is like ranting about how he's, he's washed up. He's done. Like it's, it's over. <laughs> this movie really built up to the point where I fucking hated Williams so much. Like, yeah, he was a, Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a fucking scumbag clearly mm-hmm. and and it shows like because even the uh the head guy i forgot his name the one uh who who was yelling at connery in uh um recorded? he is sergeant major burt wilson burt wilson like there's a point where like him and williams because he's like williams if you fucking do this again i, I you, i'm fucking throwing you out to the wolves like throwing you under the bus kind of thing but then, you know, the end part where, you know, uh, the medical doctor and then the other uh, officer was like, oh, we're going to do a report. We just need to get you to the hospital and all that stuff. Like, you start to see, like, I'm in charge of this place. I'm in charge. Like, the power trip and all that stuff. And it it disgusted me uh, seeing that. Because it's like, you're doing this to your own people. I get it. You're trying to make him stronger and to go out there and be killer machines. But this is literally torture what they did to them in that prison. I mean, at the end, at the very end, he starts distancing himself from Williams. That whole last scene in their cell is so well acted and so well shot too. Like the blocking in it's really good. And it's just like, just one person turning on another and another person realizing they need to do something else. And there's like, they're going to blackmail the MO and then he doesn't back down the the thing the other staff sergeant says, you know, I'll turn in a report on Williams. And then the Sergeant major is kind of working with Williams against the MO. And then he realizes that he needs to back off. So then he turns his back on Williams and then Williams is being an asshole to the MO. And then the MO leaves that whole, that whole segment is just, you could you could you could show that scene in a filmmaking class i'm convinced it is yeah. really good yeah. like is screenplay wise blocking wise acting wise everything's perfect now i i want to bring this up because i'm like this is a military right and you have one person who's being accused of murder right and then you have the accuser who's literally being beat up by the murderer why was why was he left alone with the accuser like, you would think, like, maybe I should have somebody posted here so that Williams doesn't kill Sean Connery's character because literally that's... Which, ev- which is, it's implied he might be doing, right? Yeah. And then uh, I what I really like next is because Sean Connery knows he won. Because if he kills him, if, if William kills Sean Connery, then he's guilty again because that's another body that he killed like he didn't uh physically kill stevens but he drove him to the point where he you know worked him to death he died of exhaustion yeah, yeah. it's like 
negligence or manslaughter. I don't know what the what they call it. And I think yeah. they I think they were implying that King and the other guy came in and pretty much killed Williams, right? Because... I don't know if they killed him, but they the gave him a thrashing and like Connery knows like this is this this is gonna make it look really bad. This is messing up our case. Like we've won. All we have to do is just endure Williams a tiny bit because the MO and uh, uh what's the other staff sergeant's name? Burton or something? Harris. Mm. Harris. Yeah. Burton is someone else. Uh they're they're all gonna go do what they're gonna do, and they're gonna get Robert's out of there. They're gonna take him to the hospital. And all this, uh, you know, everything's gonna be okay. It's just there's this one last. Obviously, they're left with Williams, and it's kind of implied like not only is he coming at Roberts at Sean Connery, but there's nothing stopping him. Like it looks like it's up for him. And if he really is a sadistic fuck, like he clearly is, what's to stop him from just going all the way and killing him? I actually got a little excited when they came in and beat on him because he he saw the fear and he squealed yeah. a little bit. But then you then you saw Sean Connery and be like, "No, don't do this. This is this this is bad for us. We're just you'll gonna... muck it up." Yeah. And uh, I always like movies when they just abruptly end, and that's how it ended, and just silence. There was no music. It ends, it doesn't end with silence. I, I, I found this really interesting. The way it ends is actually really cool because it does cut to black and you hear a prison door slamming closed, someone working a key, and then Boots walking away. Yep. Which you can interpret a multitude of ways. You can interpret that different ways. But I, that's so cool because it cuts to black and all their voices are cut out and you hear slam, key, 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 and then walk, walk, walk. And and then it's just silent with the credits, and that's that's really cool too. Which you know mm. can be interpreted more than one way, obviously, but I think it kind of sets it up to be interpreted in kind of a negative way because he's like, "You'll muck it up," and they're obviously beating his ass, and it's like, "Are they just locked up and nothing gets better?" Is that what it implies? Or I, maybe I, Williams gets locked up? Maybe they win? If that's no, what I, you want to believe. I think it's the negative way because I war still keeps on going, uh, and I guess the machine, the you know Big Brother, are just not going to care what a prisoner, uh, a military prisoner, is going to say. Especially, yeah. How shitty would it be to be there and like this sucks? You're just getting your ass roasted every day. You know what have you got to look forward to? Getting out and oh, going back to war! Hooray! Mm. <laughs> They say the one guy's been in there nine times. The weasel, the fat guy, you know, the worst the worst guy in the whole movie. Yeah. It's kind of implied that he's using this as a way to be a coward because he's like, oh, I stole a bunch of tires and sold them to, to – I can't remember what he calls them, but I guess it's implied just like locals, just Libyans or, or whatever. He just stole some tires and like you're back in for like a ninth time, and it's implied that he's just doing things and getting caught so that he doesn't have to be sent – up the line as they say like the war or something because he's like a, a fat sneaky weasel of a coward i can't do it i'm fat <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they almost make you feel bad for him like oh he is fat oh, that sucks. <laughs> but then every other scene you're like i hate this guy so much <laughs> you know it gave me anxiety a little bit when they went to go get grub and they get like these two bowls and shit, but they have to march while they have the fucking food and water. They gotta in there. keep their knees up. Yeah. And yeah. it's like sloshing everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, so, oh my god, <laughs> it's so terrible. Uh, anything else? I mean, this movie was exhausting, in my opinion, in a good way because it shows, you know, the torture that they went through, and then the payoff of me hating Williams. Because not a lot of movies do that. Like, there's always obviously a villain that you hate in a movie, but this movie, you're just like, this fucker needs to be reported. Uh, he needs to be beaten to fucking death. Like, that needs to happen. Like, I was great actually... I, yeah, he was a great heel. I was actually emotionally into this movie where I... Like you guys said, you did two hours. It felt like an hour, in my opinion. Yeah, it feels really short. Um, there's there's something interesting about this movie that I would lump in with all prison movies, too, because you're rooting for, you know, Connery and the, the, the other guys. Because oh man, look at like like you said, Dubs. Uh, they went through all this, all the stuff they went through. This is so terrible. This actually happened. That's what's so terrible. But they're all there for a reason. Like you know, mm -hmm. stealing and uh, going going a wall, striking an officer, uh, drinking three bottles of whiskey. You stole three bottles. I drank three bottles. I really like that part too. <laughs> and uh, you got to lump it in with stuff like you know, Cool Hand Luke. Shawshank Redemption, Birdman of Alcatraz, all the great prison movies, because it's the same. It's like, oh, man, I'm rooting for those prisoners. But they are prisoners. A lot of them are like murderous and stuff. So I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> except, you know, except in Shawshank Redemption is famously innocent. But you know what I mean? Like all the other prisoners, they're the protagonists. They're they're good. They're well characterized and they're they're nice guys, but they're criminals. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, again, stealing three bottles of whiskey, though, I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah, because I think their crimes weren't that heinous in any way, but they were being treated like they were fucking serial killers. Uh, it's it's imp I mean, you know, they bring it up in the movie more than once. What is an army where you don't obey orders? What's an army without discipline, discipline? So, like, this is incredibly important in the army more so than anywhere else. So, if you step out of line, man, you fucking ship right off to this this shithole in Libya or wherever they are. <laughs> when King like quit the army, uh, quit the army, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, wait, is that a loophole? Because like, if he quits the army, that means he doesn't need to be in a military prison. That means he's a civilian now. <laughs> That's not how that fucking works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. It was pretty amusing though. They just didn't know what to do with him after that. <laughs> he just did whatever the fuck he wanted. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I almost brought this up, uh, but I'll bring it up now. Like, in a sense, without like Hitler killing like all the Jews and stuff, like a concentration camp, it almost had that feeling a little bit. It almost had that feeling. Not to the point where, like, they're starving them to death and, like, killing them, but, like, to the point where just, like, degrading them and breaking their body. Yes, I suppose. I, I suppose. Like, I don't necessarily agree, but I know what you're saying. Like, on film, the depiction of human suffering, it's difficult to wrap your mind around the fact that it is a spectrum. Like, obviously, like what's happening in Schindler's list is way worse than what's happening in the Hill. But you do see all these people are going through tough times and like, you kind of, you assign it to that part of your brain. You don't want to think about it too much. You don't want to think about su human suffering. That sucks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, 
I like this movie. This movie, uh, I, I highly recommend it. I, I, I thought I was going to go into this movie being like, oh, it's another war movie. And then you brought up the director in 12 Angry Men. And I'm like, oh, this might have actually good writing and good directing. And it did. And um, I, I, like I said, two hours breezed through this movie. Yeah, I, uh, I fucking loved this movie. Like, honestly, it, it's going to be a hard time for any of the other movies to do better than this in my eyes. Like, I was outraged because after it, like I said, I was researching this movie a little bit. I was like, why isn't this movie more famous? I thought it was incredibly good. Like, even that opening shot, it's like a crane shot and it like shows them exercising and it's, it like goes outside of the gate and you see the car arriving and stuff. Like little little touches like that, like everything was just really good. I, I think it's easy for your average movie going schlub to be like, oh, it's the sets are boring, nothing happens. It's just a bunch of guys getting, you know, sweating to death for two hours. But man, th- this movie deserves way more credit. It is so good, at least I think so. And there's not a lot of analysis on this movie as well because usually when I watch a movie, I go on YouTube and I go title of the movie analysis and usually some youtuber will like study it and tell you about it and all that i haven't found one movie uh, one video about this movie so you can't have all your opinions fed to you true zach what about you what's your opinion Uh, i really like this movie um uh i will definitely recommend it as a good sean connery film uh because I mean, so far to me, it's like, what what would you recommend? And I tell somebody like, well, there's you know some of the old James Bonds, um, the man who would be king. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then, and then this, <laughs> so far, because I haven't seen a lot of his other movies. Still, like I saw The Rock and I saw Fighting Forrester, but that was like a super long time ago, and I've never seen them again. All right, so that's both movies recommendations. Uh, I think we uh, we had some uh, some negatives here and there for Black Christmas, but majority uh, was recommended and good, positive. Uh, and hell, I don't even, I don't even think it were really negatives though. It was just kind of like, hey, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. I'm like, oh well, yeah, I guess not. I was <laughs> I was just I was being cheeky, as they say across the pond. Oh God, <laughs> cheeky. Um, yeah, so god damn it, I, I, I the hill, great movie, let's go see yep. it. Uh, but next week is my pick, and I haven't seen this movie, it's Finding Forrester. You're uh, the man now, dog, that's where that comes from. <laughs> IMDb, the movie, or not IMDb, fucking YTMB, yeah, yeah. So, I never seen that film, I, I heard some good things about it, so um. Watch that for Sean Connery. And my Christmas movie is Surviving Christmas. It has Ben Affleck, Christina Applegate, and James Gandolfini. Uh, James Gandolfini, uh, he plays Tony Soprano. So, <laughs> oh God, uh, it's a comedy. So hopefully it's good. Um, let me see the reviews. It's- I know less than nothing about this movie. It's 5.4 out of 10. So it should be terrible. Why did you pick this? Because one, it was on Amazon Prime, and okay. two, I like James Gandolfini. Okay, and I don't know. I I usually pick a shitty Christmas movie uh, <laughs> for Christmas time. I mean, we did good. 
I remember this is Zach. This is before you joined, but we were doing Christmas movies. It might have been the first year that we were doing Big Trouble, and uh, we chose like a couple good ones. And then I was like, "Eh, fuck it, Santa Paws too." And we fucking watched Santa Paws. <laughs> I missed that. Oh man, it was good. It had Christopher um, Lloyd in it. He was a dog catcher. That's right, he was. <laughs> okay. So, uh, both both of my movies are on Amazon Prime, so you don't have to rent it. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you don't have Amazon Prime, then you would have to find a way to uh, to watch it. But both are on there. Uh, remember to watch it and then come back next week and we're going to talk about it. Um, news wise, you guys had a legend die in West Virginia, right? Chuck Yeager. He was uh, he was 97. Yeah, very old. General Chuck Yeager, fastest man alive in He's the first guy that broke the sound barrier. Yeah. Pretty important. I don't know. It's not like nerdy movie news, but he's uh, he is portrayed in the right stuff. That's an extremely good movie. How do you like that? <laughs> uh, I never knew about him until today. So you, you, the more you know. Now, now you know. <laughs> uh, Cyberpunk is getting mixed reviews. Uh, do I care about them? Nope. I'm going to still buy it anyway because I've been waiting for this game. What are they saying? Like, what's the problem? Bugs? Yeah, I, I, I saw something saying, like, you can't run it at 60 frames per second or the, or the NVIDIA 3080 or fucking 6 out of 10. I was Jesus like, fucking Christ. Go suck your own dick, asshole. Who cares? So, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Because we all know that there's a political spectrum on it and everything now. Uh, so people that lean right reviewed the game and said there's a lot of bugs in it. And I'm like, yeah, because there's no day one patch and, you know, because they're doing this from home. So expect all that to be fixed. I read there was a day one patch. There will be. Yeah, there is going to be. It's going to be 48 gigs. <laughs> God damn. What the fuck? Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, hard drive. Uh, but people that lean a little left are talking about the crunch hours. Uh, they're just shitting on it for the sake of shitting on it. Uh, I mean, that's, crunch is shitty. Like we gotta we gotta stop doing that to the game industry. That is shitty. And they're saying the game is transphobia. So <laughs> what? you can like customize your genitals. You can do whatever you want. Who cares? Exactly. They just they they want to hate on it so bad because of CD Projekt Red because of the crunch time and everything. So, some guy in the social uh, <laughs> fucking social media manager or whatever made a, a joke about trans people. I think it was like a, a oh, yeah, failed we, joke. We discussed about it on the show. People. It was like more than a year ago though, because they were like. Yeah, well, you can customize your character to be whatever you want. You can be a man, a woman, blah, 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 attack helicopter. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. And people were like, oh, that's what people say when they're being transphobic, blah, 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 blah. And they, like, you know, bent way over and apologized about it. Like, look, that wasn't what we meant. We were trying to be like, you know, you Funny. can be anything but the kitchen sink here. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're, like, throwing, like, wild accusations that Keanu Reeves didn't want to be in the game. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I'll, I'll reserve judgment, but I, I, I don't know. I want to believe he's such a cool guy. He's such a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I still, I, I stand by. It was about a year ago. It was the, it was the Game Awards. Just after the Game Awards last year on the, on the show, I was talking about how I think 
he hired someone or a firm to like pump up his his public image because like he had like a bunch of like big uh, uh, public uh relations hits like right in a row and one of them was like you're beautiful you're all beautiful because that was the game awards right yeah you're breathtaking yeah you're breathtaking that's it yeah and uh, so i don't know maybe but you know I'll, I'll wait i'll wait and see his performances so another news that broke this week uh which puts another notch and i believe in the movie theater business is all warner brother movies are coming to hbo max right mm-hmm. uh so that means, isn't it like uh, the Matrix Four <laughs> is going to be on HBO Max? That is uh, one of them. Wonder yep, Woman Wonder nineteen, Woman, um, something else. But pretty much yeah. any of their new lineup is going to be in in on there, and I that spice up my interest for HBO Max. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. So hbo max has a lot like all the studio ghibli movies are on there and i think someone said south park's on there now which doesn't make sense to me maybe i got that wrong yeah so do you think other production companies are gonna follow not not hbo max but like obviously other streaming platforms they're probably looking at it more i'd say it's it's just they're probably walking this tightrope because you saw how much heat that they got Warner Brothers got for doing that from all the freaking movie studios or the uh, theater yeah. owners. It's, I mean, until I, we're all obviously a vaccine is coming. It's all I've heard about for like a couple of weeks. But until everything settles back down, I really think that that's going to be what they have to look at. It's that or just push James Bond back another fucking year or something. Like, there's so many movies that were supposed to come out and just still haven't. Yeah. And, and you know, I like watching stuff on streaming. That said, there's a ton of movies I'd rather see at the theater. I'd rather see James Bond in a the theater. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and uh, if you haven't seen Tenet, Tenet's coming out uh, 12-15. Uh, yeah, Amazon was pitching it to me. I was thinking about just, like, blind buying it. Because you said it was good, right? Uh. I've seen it once. It's good, but I want to see it like ten times because you're gonna be you will be confused. So, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm trying to think what else to talk. Uh, Halo got uh, finally uh, a, a not a solid date, but a target of fall 2021. Be uh, real, it got delayed. <laughs> it got delayed from question mark to fall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think this is a good move. Uh, it, it questions a lot of what was said uh, because they were just like, oh, it's almost ready uh, to completely like firing almost half of the staff and hiring new people uh, to. Oh, <laughs> Excuse me? Can yeah. Walk over that? What'd you just say? They fired a lot of people and like hired, uh, put people uh, from like old Halo games in there. So. Is this 343 Industries? Who's making yeah. it? Three, four, three. Okay. okay, okay. So, I I think it's good. Um, but if it comes out in fall and, and is shit, then they need to get rid of three, four, three. Let's let's all be real. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there's really nothing else to talk about besides this. Th- this Thursday is the gaming awards, where I don't really care about the awards. I care about the announcements. So yes. Um. So Silent hills. Silent hills. Do you think that's gonna happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dre 
Dreamcast 2. Dreamcast 2. <laughs> Dreamcast 2. Silent Hills as long as we're saying shit that won't happen. Silent Hills is the new Dreamcast 2. No, because uh, I hate rumors, but like the guy who like said that God of War 2 uh, was going to come out, not God of War 2 from PlayStation 2, but God of War 2, uh, the one from Santa Monica Studios, uh, was going to be announced, and then it got announced, and now he's saying that Silent Hills, that Sony and Konami are partnering up for Silent Hills and having Kojima on there, which, if that happens, good, but then I feel like, then I feel like it's going to be not as great that, than what it was going to be when it first got announced. I just have this weird feeling. Maybe. I, I feel like Konami has finally done something right in that what they've been doing for the last year or two is they just give their license to someone to do something with it and then just like get a paycheck, mm -hmm. which is what they need to do. They need to yeah. say, Hey, Sony and, and Kojima studios do the silent hill. And then when you're done, send us a check for a jillion dollars by that's what they need to do. That would be perfect. Just do that. Yes. Which uh, apparently blue point is going to be, uh, releasing their Metal Gear Solid remake, apparently, if that gets greenlit and sent out. Oh, um, Oscar Isaac got cast as Solid Snake, apparently. That was news. Yeah. Do you buy him? Huh? Do you buy him as Solid Snake? Yeah, that can work. I think he's a good actor. I, I guess I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said Kurt Russell is a big boss. I'm like, He's maybe. old enough. That maybe. would be cool. That would be yeah. super cool. I, I could get down on that. <laughs> All right. Other than that, I think that's where we'll end the episode. Um, unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up before we close them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got our award show Thursday. Yes, we Thursday, getting some color. We're going to be talking about awards uh, for the end of the month. Who's going to be in Zach's stable of boys and who's going to be in my stable of boys? And who's going to be? Are we still doing the same categories from the first awards? Yeah, unless you don't want to. <laughs> no, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But, so we are. All right. So what, what uh, categories? Make, Give us a teaser. Highest flip, flashiest cape. Yes. Have, the, the world's who is the be, the world's greatest wrestling artist right now? <laughs> wrestling artist. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm actually bringing up the uh, the uh, doc right now. Yeah, I, I gotta go. find it. I think it's in here. He'll probably find it quicker than me. It has fucking... Oh, I almost said Owen Wilson. Jesus Christ. Owen Wilson? <laughs> He's my favorite wrestler. Wow. <laughs> wow. Owen Hart. I can't find it. So I Yeah, I can't find it either. I got it somewhere. Yeah. Put us on the spot. <laughs> I think we had yeah, like... It's one and one or two. Like, what, what are you voting on? Best stable? Best match? Best finisher? Best announcer? Oh, yeah. There's like, yeah, that stuff. And then there's okay, like, okay. Uh, you know, just... We we have like a list of our top talent for the month. Yeah. Oh, another stable. thing. I yeah. No, not our stable. It's just like who we who who we like best and you know, out of like twenty four guys or something. Mm -hmm. So that's happening Thursday. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh the Nemesis project was probably gonna be a January episode of Resident Evil Six, uh, because I am going to my parents uh at the end of the uh, December, two for two weeks. Uh, and what's going on with Accelerated Gamer? 
Uh, January is when it'll come back. The holidays are a good time to like, you know, if you want to play games, do. But if you want to spend time with your families, for God's sake, don't play games. Gotcha. Um, and if you want to watch uh, or listen to more Big Trouble Little Podcasts, make sure you go to Nerd Review Network on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, uh, and Red Circle is where we download it and put it into the, the web. Uh, but until next time, everybody, see you next week for Finding Forrester and, uh, and Surviving Christmas. I almost mixed that up. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks.